Blog Talk Radio.
I would like to welcome you to another episode of The Foundation here on the High Frequency Radio Network. This is The Foundation, and we are High Frequency. The Foundation, where we understand incorrect information incorrectly applied can get you hurt. Correct information incorrectly applied can get you hurt. So as always, we are looking to apply that correct information correctly. Am I coming in cool? I want to start off by saying all thanks, praises, and honors due to the Creator and the ancestors. I also want to say peace. Shout out, big up to my big brother, you know, the uncle of us all. Yusuf L, High Frequency Radio Network Creator, Private Side Solutions. What else he got going on? SPC University. A man does his dance, he does his dance, you know what I mean? So shout out to the big brother, as always. Every single tis on. I would like to welcome you, as always. Y'all know what I'm about to say. I would like to welcome you to check out welcome to thefoundation.com. Make sure you sign up for the email list, man. Sad face for the unsubscribers. It happens. The more subscribers, way more subscribers, email list than the unsubscribers. I guess maybe they're like, you don't send enough information, man. I was expecting more info. <laughs> My bad. I'm working on it. So sign up for the email list, y'all. I got you. Make sure you check out the PDF section. Uh, check out the education tab, passports. No social part one, part two. Foundation Trust Series. Part one, part two, guess what? Part three is available on welcome to the foundation.com. Foundation Trust Series. You can get them all three. You can get them all three. That's, that's grammar for you. You know what I'm saying? Get them all three. Trust Series part one, part two, part three is now available. Welcome to the foundation.com. Make sure you check out. Instagram page, Facebook page, Twitter page. Give it a follow. I feel like we get more followers. We probably do more stuff. I'm just trying to put y'all on the information, really, and not trying to be, you know, you know, you know, transcending on social media. I ain't got time for all that stuff. I'm just gonna be honest. Welcome to thefoundation.com. You can book a consultation. You can make a donation off from the same spot. Welcome to thefoundation.com. I want to say peace to all the trustees in private trustee training. Shout out to all the trustees. I want to say peace to anyone who is otherwise investing in their private education, as well as peace to all the listeners. I want to say peace to all the archive listeners. Listener. <laughs> peace to all the archive listeners, live callers, internet listeners, MP3 listeners, live listeners, all, your, all, your, all the listeners. Everybody who checks out the show. Whether it's in the podcast form or the live form, whatever it be, be, be. Also, want to say peace to anyone who we've done business with in the private. Anyone who's sent an email, well wishes a current event, or otherwise added to the foundation. Welcome to the foundation. I would like to welcome you to the foundation private finance one hundred and one. What's going on? Um. Had a lot of interest.
my interest in people, you know, wanting to know and understand finance. I, I, I appreciate it. I respect it. Definitely. So I was like, well, you know what? I'm not going to do a DVD. I'm not going to make people pay for the stuff. I'm just going to put it out there. you know. And of course, those in the private trustees are going to get, you know, a little bit more juice. But, you know, I'm going to put it out here. So, you know, private finance 101. I'm, maybe I'll do a 201. And then I'm sure 301 will be left for, you know, the private but we're going to jump into this. But first, what we got here, Wall Street Journal. Stocks slip as investors weigh vaccines. Virus restrictions. U.S. stocks slip today as mounting pandemic cases forced more parts of the country to impose restrictions meant to fight the spread of the virus. Over the past month, investors have had to weigh progress made on vaccines against news that much of the country is reporting a record number of new cases on many days. Stocks have rallied for much of this period, though. There have been some days of heavy selling. So, you know, hey, much of the period, you know, it's all good, right? Dollar falls for fifth day as vaccine hopes outweigh the spike in cases, CNBC. Don Kizom, the dollar slipped for the fifth straight session today, sliding to more than one week low as positive vaccine news offset the surge in cases and tighter economic restrictions across the United States and Europe. The market showed a little more appetite for risk taking with gains in currencies that rise in times of improving sentiments such as sterling, the New Zealand dollar. And the Norwegian crown. Side note, I've been told many times that I speak very fast. I apologize. I'm going to slow it down. Reuters.com, New York Fed's Williams says rapid increase in virus infections could hurt the economy. For real? <laughs> the United States economy is now affected more by swings in infections than it is by restrictions on certain activities and a surge in infections could slow growth. New York Federal Reserve Bank President John Williams said today, quote, if COVID spreads rapidly, that's going to hurt the economy, end quote. Williams said during a virtual event organized by the Society for Advancing Business Editing and Writing. Positive news in the development of a potential vaccine bodes well for the economy, which has rebounded more strongly than anticipated, Williams said. Quote, overall, I'm feeling somewhat more optimistic, end quote. Hopes and dreams. Hopes and dreams. Reuters Wall Street dies as shutdown worries overshadow vaccine hopes and dreams. Hopes and dreams. U.S. stocks closed steep. No, I mean, vaccine hopes. It really said that. I just added the, the end dreams. They're really, they're really telling the truth. U.S. stocks closed steeply lower after a late session sell-off today as investors waived surging infections and mounting shutdowns against encouraging vaccine development.
While the three major U.S. stocks indices oscillated through much of the day with economically sensitive cyclicals and small caps leading the way they closed sharply in the red in the red that's where black friday comes from in you know in business when you're operating in the red that means you're operating at a loss when you're operating in the black that means you're operating at a profit so black friday is named as such because that's typically when at least most retail businesses are expected and most times do get into the black, into the profit end of the fiscal year. If they're not there already, it's a confused market because portfolio managers don't know which time period to focus on. This is Tim Grisky, Chief Investment Strategist at Inverness Council in New York went on to say it's this trade-off between the near term over the six to nine months of continued spread of the virus and the period after when everyone's vaccinated and the virus is eradicated. Speaking of when everyone's vaccinated, um, law.com, New York Law Journal, law.com, state bars, this is New York, State Bar's final vote on mandatory COVID-19 vaccination set for Saturday. What? Meanwhile, a large group of parents, families, and individuals who vigorously oppose any mandatory COVID-19 vaccination are planning to rally and march from a central square off Eagle Street in Albany to government, I'm sorry, governor, Andrew Cuomo's mansion, and the New York State Bar Association will vote Saturday. It's in two days. Is it three days? I don't know. Do you count the days? I'm just going to keep going. The New, York, the New York State Bar Association will vote Saturday on whether it will adopt and publicly support a recommendation that in the event that voluntary COVID-19 vaccinations fall short of producing needed levels of immunity in the population, the state government should consider making it mandatory for all New Yorkers to undergo vaccination when a vaccine becomes available, even if people object to it for, quote, religious, philosophical, or personal reasons, end quote. Say what? Say what? Say how? That's it. That's the end of the article. Um, man, do I have a comment on that? Uh, if you're in New York, man, you better join that rally in Albany. Look, look, here it comes. I'm trying to tell you, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. Bloomberg.com. America's zombie companies have racked up $1.4 trillion of debt. They were once America's corporate titans. Beloved household names, case studies, and success. But now they're increasingly looking like something else, zombies. And their numbers are swelling. From Boeing Company, Carnival Corporation, and Delta Airlines Incorporated, to Exxon Mobil Corporation and Macy's Incorporated, many of the main, I'm excuse me, I'm, excuse me, many of the nation's most iconic companies aren't 
earning enough to cover their interest expenses. Just the interest. They're not making just the interest, man. Which is a key criterion as most market experts define it for zombie status. Almost 200 corporations have joined the ranks of so-called zombie firms since the onset of the pandemic, according to a Bloomberg analysis. Analysts, the analysts are telling you what's going on. This is of financial data from 3,000 of the country's largest publicly traded companies. In fact, zombies now account for nearly 20% of those firms. Even more stark, they've added almost $1 trillion of debt to their balance sheets in the span, bringing total obligations to $1.36 trillion. That's more than double the roughly $500 billion zombie companies owed at the peak of the financial crisis, and that would be what? 2008, 2009? The consequences for America's economic recovery are profound. The Federal Reserve's effort to stave off a rash of bankruptcies by purchasing corporate bonds might very well have prevented another depression, but in helping hundreds of ailing companies gain virtually unfettered access to credit markets, Policymakers may have inadvertently be directing the flow of capital to unproductive firms, depressing employment and growth for years to come, according to economists. Quote, we have come to the point that we should ask, what are the unintended consequences? End quote. This is Torsten Slok. 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 Try man. Chief economist at Apollo Global Management Incorporated who went on to say the Fed, for stability reasons, decided to step in. They knew they were going to create zombies. Now the question becomes, what about the companies that have been kept alive that otherwise would have gone out of business? While zombie firms are more commonly associated with 1990s Japan, post-crisis Europe, or even China in recent years, their ranks in the United States have been increasing for over a decade, fueled in part by years of ultra-loose monetary policy. Zombie companies get their nicknames because of their tendency to limp along, unable to earn enough to dig out from their obligations, but still with sufficient access to credit to roll over their debts. They're a drag on the economy because they keep assets tied up in companies that can't afford to invest and build their businesses. This is a long article. Quote, the zombie question I'm sorry, the zombie problem is fairly benign in the U.S. This is Matthew Meesh, a strategist at UBS, who went on to say, I don't think the problem looks any worse than it, the last two recessions. Others aren't so sure. Quote, the zombie question is one of the great open issues regarding the legacy of the pandemic. This is Nathan Sheets, chief economist at PGIM Fixed Income, who went on to say, will our economy coming out of the pandemic be as dynamic and flexible as before? I'm cautiously optimistic because competition is deeply embedded in the United States system. Still, corporate deleverage in the years ahead will result in slower growth, subdued inflation, and low rates for as long as the eye can see he added. Blah, 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 that name. Boom, boom. CNBC one chart reveals depth of damage to the United States economy during COVID crisis. Lou Tolles, Jim Paulson, says, loopholes, loopholes. We're just going to go with that. Vaccine breakthroughs 
from Pfizer and Moderna have kept hopes of a turn in the COVID-19 crisis high on Wall Street, but even once that has been tackled, Jim Paulson, chief market strategist at the Loophole Group, said the U.S. is in for another massive challenge, repairing a weak economy. Quotes, the pandemic crisis created the biggest divot in the economy that we've ever had in the post-war era. The output gap, which is the difference between where actual GDP is from what it potentially could be if you had full employed all the resources and normal productivity fell to almost 11% at its largest. It has now improved a little bit as the third quarter growth rate improved, but it's still at about 8%, which is larger than almost any time in post-war history, Paulson told CNBC's Trading Nation. Ouch. I'm going to leave it there. Y'all can check that out if you want to with CNBC. Uh, what we got? CNN Business. And this is the question. Will, will shoppers sit out the holidays? That's the fear. London, CNN Business, retailers just got one more reason to worry about the upcoming holiday shopping season. Remember I said, why they call it Black Friday? What's happening, U.S. retail sales increased by only three-tenths of a percent compared to the previous month in October, a slower pace than economists had predicted and well below the 1.6% growth logged in September. Spending in some categories declined compared to previous months. Clothing stores, department stores, and sporting goods stores all saw sales drops by more than 4%. The data shows the slowest pace growth since the sharp contractions when the pandemic first hit. Deutsche Bank's Jim Reed told clients today, we want to say, quote, the soft reading will add to concerns, the case numbers surging once again, end quote. States are issuing a new wave of mask mandates and social restrictions as, as um, what? Oh, record numbers of cases and hospitalizations and soaring daily uh, positive tests. Man, what's going on with this article? are reported. Okay, there it is. Quote, the months ahead are going to look better than the weeks ahead. <laughs> End quote. Former U.S. and Drug Administration Commissioner Dr. Mark McClellan said Tuesday in an event hosted by Duke University. These changes could hurt consumer confidence and hit spending during the most important time of the year for retailers. Stores tied to shopping malls that haven't invested as much as their online presence could be hit particularly hard. The weak retail sales reading raises the profile of key earnings announcements this week, such as Lowe's, Target, and TJ Maxx. Walmart said on Tuesday that comparable U.S. sales, its main metric, rose 6.4% last quarter. That's still solid, but below sales growth log during the first two quarters of the year as people rushed to stock up on food and other supplies. Shares fell 2%. Concerns are growing that U.S. lawmakers won't be able to agree on additional assistance by the end of the year, given political divisions in Washington. 
quote, as widespread vaccine distribution may not start until mid-2021, U.S. consumers expect social restrictions to extend and continue to lower their employment views. Personal financial and economic views are fading as the recovery is slowing and with a divided government more likely the expected fiscal stimulus is muted. Uh, they're worried about um, shoppers not making purchases during the holidays. But, oh, guess what? CNN, Oprah's favorite things have arrived on Amazon. Shopped the giftable list <laughs> now. Oprah's going to kick in and help people sell stuff, man. They're going to help you. Hey, hey. And this is this is why you're weak. This is why you're weak. You. We. This is this is why we are weak. And I'm gonna get into that in a little bit, but this is part of the weakness. Oprah Winfrey has pretty impeccable taste, and this year she's gifted us once again with her favorite things list available to shop via Amazon. <laughs> so it's a list full of her favorite things and people, you know, are you know moving forward. What we got? What we got? Boeing 737 MAX gets approval to fly passengers again. Hey, isn't that that plane that killed hundreds of people multiple times? The Federal Aviation Administration issued an order today to pave the way for the troubled Boeing 737 MAX to carry passengers again, ending the jet's 20-month grounding. The plane, the best-selling jet in Boeing's fleet, was grounding in, I'm sorry, grounding, was grounded in March. 2019, after two fatal crashes, killed 346 people. It was discovered that a safety feature meant to stop the plane from climbing too fast and stalling had improperly forced the nose of the plane down, causing the crashes. Word. The FAA action is only the first step in allowing 59 airlines spread across 32 countries to once again fly the three 187 rounded planes as part of their schedules. Yo, y'all riding the 737 Max from Boeing? I know I am not. I would say no, thank you. This is a huge development. This is actually very large. This is this is big. Amazon. Y'all here by Amazon? Anybody here with what Amazon is doing? Amazon.com. These fools are men that are smart. You need to put it like that. They're about to get this braid. They're about to get this bracing. Amazon, Business Insider. Businessinsider.com. Amazon unveiled Amazon Pharmacy, an online prescription marketplace and home delivery platform player. Amazon, the tech giant. Unveiled Amazon Pharmacy, which offers online prescription fulfillment and home delivery of medications via the Amazon website or mobile app and will be available to consumers 18 plus in 45 states. Amazon Pharmacy accepts most forms of insurance and uninsured prime members can receive an up to 80% discount on medications. Prime members also receive unlimited free two-day delivery, while non-prime customers receive free five-day delivery or the option to dish out six bucks for two-day delivery. 
Amazon's disruption of the $312 billion. Man, what is good? What's a dolly? What's a billion dolly? Disruption of $312 billion pharmacy and drugstores market poses a serious threat to smaller entrants and traditional players alike. Traditional pharmacies like CVS and Walgreens can't compete with the tech giant's infrastructure. Its online market par- marketplace, its tech resources, and reserve of users in place to pilot, iterate, and launch innovative services. For example, Amazon leveraged its pill pack service to offer free prescriptions and over-the-counter delivery to both prime and non-prime consumers. And now Amazon Pharmacy settled on a model that offers free delivery options to both prime and non-prime consumers. The tech behemoth also casts a daunting shadow over newer entrants as it flaunts its member base of 118 million prime subscribers, which would make it difficult for small pharmacy startups like Nimble RX to attract customers. This launch marks yet another healthcare space Amazon plans to disrupt. Far from unexpected after the myriad health-focused moves it's made in recent years. Man, you and they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna deliver you they're gonna deliver the medic medication on the on the Amazon drone. We're almost finished. CNBC gold edges up as virus surge overshadows vaccine optimism. What is optimism? Hopes and dreams. Gold recovered more than a percentage point. Dip from Monday as investors weighed immediate concerns of rising cases and bets on further economic support, even as Moderna became the second drug maker to declare effective vaccine test results. Blah, blah, blah. Hopes and dreams. Here we go. General Motors to sell car insurance. Using data on your driving to set prices, man. The Detroit automaker aims to leverage the reams of data generated by its cars to establish an auto insurance busyness. General Motors Company is launching a car insurance busyness based on the idea its vehicles can remotely track drivers' behavior and set insurance rates accordingly. You got a GM whip? They can track you. The Detroit-based automaker will offer insurance plans branded under its OnStar Connected Car Service which comes installed on all GM vehicles in North America. The company said today, customers who sign up agree to have their driving habits tracked and those who obey the speed limit, avoid sudden stops, and practice other good driving behavior will be rewarded. You will be watched. You're being watched by your whip. Your whip. Your whip is snitching. Your SUV snitched. Your passenger vehicle is snitching on. Yeah, you. He bends the turns. He bent the turns, doing thirty, doing thirty, y'all, and then your insurance goes up. Mm. Dang, it's coming. Here it comes. That's it for current events, y'all. Sometimes you just need some water. There may be a dip coming in gold. So I want you to stand by 
and stand next to your cash. <laughs> if there's a dip in gold, grab some gold. If you can, you know, they got fractional gold. Get your hands on some gold. No more care bars. It's rap rizzle. I don't know what happened to them. Still waiting on my, my care bars. They ain't, they ain't sent it to me. Everything was cool with care bars until it wasn't. And that's with everything, right? Everything is cool until it's not. Until it's not. It, it's cool until it's not. And, you know, that even carries over in regards to finance, right? So, you know, the foundation, private finance, one-on-one. I've had a lot of people interested in how I look at finance and stuff, how I look at money, how I think about stuff, whatever. How you? How do you have bread? How do you look at bread? So, I'm going to get into that. This is personal, y'all. This is not legal advice. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not an attorney. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not giving you financial advice. I'm talking about my delf. My delf. Yep, I said it. I said it. And I definitely said it. So, you know, what we're going to get into is private finance 101. <sighs> you know, and I was thinking, man, where am I going to start? You know, because... If, if I'm going to talk about finance, it's, there's a lot. I mean, I can start, you know, with the Roman denarius and how, you know, they pay Roman soldiers, you know, um, a, a dime of silver per day, you know, and, you know, or, you know, Sun Tzu and the art of war where he was talking about like 10,000 ounces of silver can get you a very large army. Or I can go back even further, but I, I was like, nah, let me keep it relevant to what we're dealing with. So what are we dealing with? We're dealing with finance in this age. So I'm going to start, but those of y'all who listen to me, who check out the show, The Foundation, here on High Frequency Radio Network, those of y'all who check out the show, you know, sometimes I, I, I start I may start to talk about something right in the middle. And you'd be like, man, what is this dude talking about? And it takes a while to understand what I'm talking about. You know, it's like this this man talks very weird. And I might do that on this show. And if it frustrates you, I apologize. But this is the only way I know how to communicate. I'm learning as I go along, you know, walking this, you know, plane of existence. So, Finance. Uh, this is the thing to start with, okay? So, where am I going to start? I'm going to start, we got to start in the mind. I'm just going to do 100% um, honor to natural law, and we got to start with the mind. Before you get into finance, before you can start talking about, uh, you know, yo, how, how do I make money, or, you know, how do I... How do I make more money or, you know, how do I do this multiple streams of income? And, you know, just how do I become wealthy and how do I, how do I stun fools? Because I just want to stun on this fool that was, you know, talking about my holy shoes in junior high. Whatever your intention, whatever your motivation is, you know, whatever it is, it starts in the mind. It starts mentally. So, you know, earlier I was like, you're weak. We are weak. I'm serious. You are weak. You're, you're mentally weak. And and that's something that needs to be acknowledged, number one. We need to acknowledge that we're mentally weak. 
We don't like pain. Do you like pain? You put your hand over a fire. You gonna keep your hand? No, you don't. We don't like pain. We don't like. We. It's just like what do you call it? Human nature. We don't like really. We don't really like hard work. You know, there's a few of us who who enjoy hard work. You know, and get to kick. Most of us are like man, kick back. We're weak. We're mentally weak. You're mentally weak. You're mentally weak. All the things that you wanted to do that you didn't want to do. But back up. Why am I saying that? We need to understand that we're mentally weak. You need to understand that you, you and I, we are trained consumers. I mean, look, I mean, if, if, if there was special ops of consumers, of people who spend money, yo, our people would be the, yo, the most elite group of special ops spenders that exists. Of course, the United States is a consumer-based economy, right? Cool. Yes. We need to understand this. What is a consumer-based economy? It's an economy that bases its GDP basically off consumption. You know, it's citizens purchasing things, buying things, consuming things. How do you get a consumer-based economy? With consumers. You have to train consumers. I would call it uh, deductive reasoning. Some people call it logical thinking. Some people call it being... Um, what's it called? <laughs> uh, condescending. That's the word I was looking for. Some people call it that. You know, me personally, I used to think that everybody knew everything. You know, I used to used to think that oh, I know this, so you know everybody else knows it. Not true. Not true. You would believe. I mean, you would not believe how many things that most of us consider common sense that aren't common. But trained consumer. What am I talking about? We're trained consumers. You have to understand, man. Are you're a trained consumer, man? Like that's one of the man the trained consumer and the trained worker get her up at eight thirty in the morning. Let's be honest, truth hurts, right? But you know, I'm so seeker of truth. Speaker of truth, would you expect anything different from me? Let's just be honest. Trained consumers. That's what you are. Trained consumers, you are trained to spend. That's what it means. You're trained to spend. Trained to spend in your mind, in your mental. I'm saying, how long does money burn a hole in your pocket? How many of us get paid and in six days, seven days, and got 10% of what we got paid? How many? Live pay, it's called living paycheck to paycheck, and most people puff the chest up. Man, most of America lives paycheck to paycheck. Why? Because you are a trained consumer. I mean, elite. I mean, special ops. For real. Special ops. Trained spender. Why are you trained? What happened? So, why are you saying this? Uh, So, you know? Well, I mean, you know, you just buy stuff. You buy things. You know, I need stuff. You need that, and we, you don't need none of that. You don't need half of that. We're not producers, we're consumers. Producers and consumers, trained consumers. Are you a trained producer? Point out. Edward Lewis Bernays. You ever heard of Edward Lewis Bernays? See, I be, man, I be seeking. I seek and then I speak. People call me sot. People still call me soul, S-O-L. Cool, it's fine. I, you know, I take no offense, but my name is Seeker of Truth, Speaker of Truth. 
SOT for short. Y'all can call me SOT. I don't expect people to be like, hey, seeker of truth, speaker of truth. But I would be like, what? What's up? What's going on? Peace. Edward Louis Bernays. Louis? I don't know. Who is this man? What are you talking about, dude? This man was born in 1891, November 22nd. What is that? Scorpio? With his, man, he, he with the stinger. He hit y'all. He hit us all with the stinger, baby. He died in 1995. <clears throat> Austrian American pioneer in the field of public relations and propaganda. Again, so what are you talking about? Remember I told y'all earlier, like this, I might start in the middle, and then you'd be like, man, what is this dude talking about? Why is he bringing this dude? Who is Edward Bernays? I'm gonna tell you who Edward Bernays is. His best known campaigns include the 1929 effort to promote female smoking by branding cigarettes as Feminist Torches of Freedom. What? What? <laughs> and his work for the United Fruit Company in the 1950s connected with CIA-orchestrated overthrow of the democratically elected Guatemalan government in 1954. He worked for dozens of major American corporations, including Procter & Gamble and General Electric. And for government agencies, politicians, and nonprofit organizations. Of his many books, Crystallizing Public Opinion and Propaganda gained special attention as early efforts to define and theorize the fields of public relations. Edward Bernays. Um, He was the nephew of Sigmund Freud. Y'all know who Sigmund Freud is, right? Okay. Is it, you know, you starting to see the forest through the trees? He was a medical editor. He was a press agent. World War One. after the U.S. entered the war, the Committee on Public Information hired Bernays to work for its Bureau of Latin American Affairs based in an office in New York. Bernays, along with Lieutenant F.E. Ackerman, focused on building support for war domestically and abroad, focusing especially on businesses operating in Latin America. Bernays referred to this work as psychological warfare. After fighting ended, Bernays was part of a 16-person publicity group working for the CPI at the Paris Peace Conference. A scandal arose from his reference to propaganda in a press release. As reported by the New York World, the announced object of the expedition is to interpret the work of the Peace Conference by keeping a worldwide propaganda to disseminate American accomplishments and ideals. Sounds like Hollywood. We're going to disseminate American accomplishments and ideals through media. I heard media, movies and music and entertainment was the number one exporter of the United States. Wouldn't that be interesting? Bernays later described a realization that his work for the CPI could also be used in peacetime. There was one basic lesson I learned in the CPI that efforts comparable to those applied by the CPI to affect the attitudes of the enemy, of neutrals, and people of this country could be applied with equal facility to peacetime pursuits. In other words, what could be done for a nation at war could be done for organizations and people in a nation at peace. Edward Bernays, Council on Public Relations. After returning to New York, Bernays opened a public relations business. In 1923, he published a book, Crystallizing Public Opinion outlining his profession, and taught a course at the New York University. Notable clients and campaigns. 
campaigns. Renee's famous corporate clients include Procter & Gamble, the American Tobacco Company, Cartier, Best Foods, CBS, the United Fruit Company, General Electric, Dodge Motors, the what? The Floridationist. Floridationist? What is the Floridationist? The Floridationist. Oh, water fluoridation. They were trying to get fluoridated water. Public Health Service, Knox Gelatin, and innumerable other big names. Renee's worked with Procter & Gamble for Ivory brand bar soap. The campaign successfully convinced people that Ivory soap was medically superior to other soaps. He also promoted soap through sculpting contests and floating contests because the soap floated better than competing products. Bernays used his uncle Sigmund Freud's ideas to help convince the public, among other things, that bacon and eggs was the true all-American breakfast. In the 1930s, the Dixie Cup campaign was designed to convince consumers that only disposable cups were sanitary. Uh, what else? What else do I want to say? Uh, he convinced. Uh, he convinced women to use prepared batter for cakes and pancakes after the company initially had issues with sales. Bernays did research, realized that housewives were feeling ashamed due to the lack of labor that they had to put into making their food. Bernays instructed them to add an egg in the instructions. And the company went on to report its most sales ever. Torches of Freedom. Uh, <laughs> in 1927, Bernays worked briefly for Lidget and Myers and Chesterfield Cigarettes. Uh, he campaigned to get women to smoke. The first campaign succeeded when women smoked more cigarettes. American Tobacco Company brought in more revenue, and Lucky Strike led the market in growth, but a taboo remained on women smoking in public. Bernays consulted with psychoanalyst Abraham Brill, a student of Freud's, who reported to him that cigarettes represented torches of freedom for women whose feminine desires were increasingly suppressed by their role in the modern world. Oh, my God. Bernays organized a contingent of women to smoke cigarettes, torches of freedom, at the 1929 Easter Sunday Parade in New York. The event was carefully scripted to promote the intended message. Bernays wrote, because it should appear as news with no division of the I'm sorry, publicity, actresses, should be definitely sought out. On the other hand, if young women who stand for feminism, someone from the Women's Party say, could be secured, the fact that the movement would be advertised too would not be bad. While they should be good looking, they should not be too modely. Uh, three for each church coverage should be sufficient. Uh, he's promoting in churches. Of course, they are not to smoke simply as they come down the church steps. They are to join in Easter parade, puffing away. 
The march went as planned, as did the ensuing publicity with ripples of women smoking prominently across the country. Did you notice? Ladies, you know you likely smoke due to this man, this man, Edward Bernays. Among other things, you know, he figured out how to understand the, you know, the mob mentality or people or humans in groups and how they behave. And, you know, a lot of companies hired him. He was, you know, one of the main framers of what we know today as this consumer economy, consumerism. He was the main people who trained you to be a consumer, who trained you to spend. His name is Edward Bernays. You can look him up. I'm not lying. So mentally, we got to understand and, and, and think about, like, how many, how many thoughts and ideologies that you hold in your mind and your heart do you question? Like a thought, like, I am this or they are this. You question that? Why do I think they are this? Who put that thought into my mind? And who stands to gain by me believing and exercising that thought or idea? I mean, how many? We do the same things over and over so many times, but we expect different results. And we get mad, mad at ourselves, mad at people around us. So if we can't control our mind, you'll never be able to control your finances. If you can't understand what you're up against, if you can't be honest with yourself and say, I am weak. I haven't taught to be a consumer. I haven't taught to spend. Money burns a hole in my pocket. It burns a hole in my account. Fine. If you're going to be a consumer, if money is going to burn excuse me, a hole in your pocket, if it's going to burn a hole in your account and a hole in the floor under the teller's desk and then a hole in through the vault, and it's going to keep burning holes through the vault. If that's what your money does, the least you can know is some things on finance. So private finance 101. I had to say that to get to where I'm at right now. Sorry, I kind of started in the middle, but that was the front. Now we're in the middle. Real money. I know I wax poetic about real money. I wax poetic about gold and silver. And, you know, here, I'm going to get specific and tell you why. <clears throat> Excuse me. Not only have you been taught and trained to consume, a trained consumer, not only have you been taught and tra- trained to spend, a trained spender, you've also been taught to save, save, Here's a, a certificate of deposit. Get some, get some bonds. Get some barrel bonds. Um, <laughs> get, get, uh, put your money in a, in a bank account. You got to open a checking account and you open a savings account. Okay. I'm going to tell you why you were taught this. All right. You were taught this due to the fact of what real money is and to the fact of what tangible assets are. Before. I jump into what tangible assets are. I want to tell you what inflation is. What is inflation? Look, y'all know me. I like to go to sources. What better source than the Federal Reserve website itself, federalreserve.com, Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System. These are the fools who 
deal with inflation. What is inflation? Inflation is the increase in the prices of goods and services over time, period. www.federalreserve.com forward slash forward slash facts forward slash economy underscore one four four one nine dot htm. First sentence. Inflation is the increase in the prices of goods and services over time. Inflation cannot be measured by an increase in the cost of one product or service or even several products or services. Rather, inflation is a general increase in the overall price level of goods and services in the economy. Not one thing, not a couple of things, pretty much everything. The overall increase in the price of goods and services. What is the inverse? There's obverse and a reverse, right? The obverse is inflation. But I'm going to tell you the reverse of inflation is devaluation. And people are like, oh, it's, it's, it's deflation. I right, sure, I'm not going to argue with you. I'll agree with you and walk away and go eat some, you know, some really good vegetarian food. But the obverse or the reverse of the obverse of inflation is devaluing the currency. And this is what's being hidden, right? But I'm going to read again. Inflation is the increase in the prices of goods and services over time, right? The Federal Reserve pushes for 2% inflation on the currency per year. What does that mean? Every 10 years, your $20 bill, your $1 bill, your $100 bill loses 20% of its value. Hold on to that right there. The Federal Open Market Committee judges, which is the basically the board of directors or board of trustees of the Federal Reserve, judges that inflation of 2% over the longer run as measured by the annual change in the price index for personal consumption expenditures is most consistent with the Federal Reserve's mandate for maximum employment and price stability. When households and businesses can reasonably expect inflation to remain low and stable, they are able to make sound decisions regarding saving, borrowing, and investment, which contributes to a well-functioning economy. I would like to offer a counterpoint or counter-argument that households and businesses would rather that their currency does not lose value over time. And I would like to reasonably expect the value of the currency to remain the same. But whatever. For many years, inflation in the United States has run below the Federal Reserve's 2% goal. It is understandable that higher prices for essential items such as food, gasoline, and shelter, add to the burdens faced by many families, especially those struggling with lost jobs and income. At the same time, inflation that is too low can weaken the economy. So, you know, you might have lost jobs and you be, you know, worried about your incomes and, you know, food and gasoline, but, you know, we, we're worried about the weakening of the economy. When inflation runs well below its desired level, households and businesses will come to expect this over time pushing expectations for inflation in the future below the Federal Reserve's longer-run inflation goal. So, Leo, we don't want you to get used uh, to this in inflation being low over time because you'll, you'll want it later. So we're just 2%, right? <laughs> so back to, you know, the training, being trained to save, 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 and all these 
dollar denominated assets. What is the dollar, man? What is the dollar? The dollar is a note, man. I have in front of me a, a dollar bill it says Federal Reserve note. What is a note? A note is a promise to pay. It's a promise to pay. I got a silver certificate. It says silver certificate. This certifies that there is on deposit in the Treasury of the United States of America, $1 in silver payable to the bearer on demand. So that was that was a flip of read, a flip of read, right? But silver certificates and gold certificates did not lose value. And, you know, the government wanted to manipulate the purchasing price of the dollar. So they put in these Federal Reserve notes. And at the time, they had different banks, you know, state banks, different banks were issuing their own notes as well. But, you know, hey, now we got these Federal Reserve notes, these, these, these promises, which leads me back to, you know, if you're saving, rule number one, private finance, if you're saving in a currency that depreciates over time, you are technically saving your family and yourself into poverty because the currency is steadily depreciating and there's nothing that you can do about it. So we understand what an asset is, asset versus liability. Um, I like to, to talk about and just quote what Robert Kiyosaki said. You know, I don't remember, I think it was in his Rich Dad, Poor Dad book or whatever. An asset puts money in your pocket. A liability takes money out of your pocket. I want to, you know, just add on a little bit to that. An asset puts money in your pocket or maintains the purchasing power of the currency that you used to acquire that asset. Tangible assets. There's financial assets, there's instruments, there's certificates and stocks and bonds. That's not private. That's all public. Tangible assets. Gold, silver, platinum, diamonds, emerald, pearls, collectible cars, collectible art. Real estate. These things that appreciate in value. These are what is known as Tangible assets, true assets, true wealth is held in tangible assets. Um, speaking of real estate, I dropped my book. Oh no! Real estate typically is going to be where most families' wealth is held, and that's why you know. Most of us don't have any money or we're poor because, you know, we don't understand the power and the necessity of, of real estate. Um, today, two-thirds of America's middle-class wealth is represented in home ownership. Home ownership. You talking about private finance, number one. You gotta understand what currency is, you understand what real money is, gold and silver. You gotta understand where the majority of, of, of wealth is held in the world. 
and it's in real estate. And lawful money versus legal tender. And since I said so, lawful money is money equivalent to land possession. And would you say gold is, you know, gold is very, very valuable land, is, you know, part of earth, um, and is fully capable of extinguishing debt involving real property. Legal tender, on the other hand, which is, you know, the fiat currency you have in your pocket, in your bank account, is an offer of an exchange that has been made legal to offer. It may or may not be equivalent to not land in possession. It's not. Federal Reserve notes are not. And generally does not extinguish debt. Legal tender merely discharges the obligation to extinguish the debt. This means someone else will eventually have to pay the debt. So it discharges the obligation to pay, but it doesn't pay. It discharges the obligation to pay until a later date. But real money is what it is. <clears throat> okay. And by the way, this is this is this this is the argument behind this, you know, in the Patriot and or Secure Party movement, you know. And, I, you know, I get it. I get it from the simple fact that, you know, regardless what job you had or how much you make a year, you were never truly paid for your labor. You were you were given notes, which is, you know, a promise to pay. I mean, you know, and that's usually what people <clears throat> allege to offset the debt. And, okay, I get it. I get it. I get it 100%. But, you know, we got another foundation. Where was I? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, real estate. Real estate, that's what I was. So over two-thirds of the average um, American middle-class wealth is, is represented in home ownership. Average home ownership rates from 1970 for so-called whites was 62.9%. So-called blacks was 41.6%. As of April 2018, um, the so-called white has increased from 62.9% to 64.2%. Um, according to Pew Research in the Center, Center Tabulations Survey of Income and Program Participant Data, the change in median net worth of the Great Recession was larger in so-called blacks at 52% versus so-called whites at 16%. This is mainly due to home ownership, owning, owning property, not owning stocks and owning property, real estate. So the policy of the notes is that the notes, you know, the, the, the creators of the notes, the Federal Reserve notes, uh, the Federal Reserve has a board called the Federal Open Market Committee, and they stipulate the policy with regard to these notes is that it's, they're going to depreciate the value of the notes over time. And this is what's going on. So this is, this is what needs to be known, acknowledged, 
and understood before, you know, we really get anywhere with finance. Anywhere. And this is why, you know, this is Finance 101. Because <clears throat> these are the things that we don't know. You don't know what you don't know. We were all went to public school. Public school is controlled knowledge. That's that's what they want us to know. There's no if if there's no informed family member or family that we come for or come from, then we are uninformed when it comes to true finance and true wealth in the simplest form. We're when we now that we understand. Um, tangible assets, now we can understand appreciating assets and depreciating assets. An asset that appreciates in value, you buy it for $100 and next year is worth $125. That is appreciation. That's something that appreciates in value. We were trained consumers to purchase and, and spend our quote currency on depreciating assets, cars, not classic cars that appreciate in value over time because they get older and older. But no, like, you know, Mercedes and Lexus and, and you know, Hondas and Toyotas, these, these things, some faster than others, lose value over time. Especially new cars, as soon as you drive off the lot, they lose value. Clothes lose value. TVs, phones, computers. Laptops, sneakers, all consumer electronics, most and all consumer goods lose value pretty much the moment you purchase them. Well, actually, technically, 30 days after you purchase them because that's when the return exchange expires. If we're honest about how we live and what we're doing with the currency that we receive in exchange for our life energy on this planet, then we're looking around our homes, our apartments, whatever, and we're looking at all of the depreciating assets that we have acquired over time. So finance 101, first rule, so I'm sorry, second rule is currency is just that. It's not money. Real money is gold and silver. To, in order to pay yourself, in order to get paid, truly, for real, and, and not to be playing yourself or, or, or playing games with logic, it has to be in gold and silver. How do you do that? Well, ideally, you would take all of the currency that you receive in exchange for your labor and convert it to gold and silver. In most jurisdictions, you may be taxed on the purchase of gold and silver. You know, but To me, that's neither here nor there. Most of us aren't going to do that. Why? Uh, the cable company doesn't accept gold and silver. I can't go to the grocery store with a bunch of silver and, and put that on the register. And if I did, if I could, I probably wouldn't want to. I want to hang out with the silver. So currency has a function. These, these notes, they have a function to maintain your quality of life for you and your family. You know, pay ongoing expenses of you and your family. Pay ongoing expenses of, you know, your private administration, uh, your public uh, companies. That's what currency is for. Saving in, in, in currency in a checking account, good luck with that. You're going to save yourself into poverty. 
and, and there's nothing I can do about it. First thing, biggest thing you do is, is, is exchange those worthless pieces of paper into gold and silver as fast as you can. You're going to protect the purchasing power of your labor much more effectively in precious metals and gold and silver than you ever could in fiat currency depreciating 20% every 10 years. Minimum. Minimum. Think about it. Your labor didn't depreciate over those 20 years. You still did the same work. The company still got the same benefit. But what we were paid in is losing value over time. You understand that? Y'all get that, right? It's plain as day. I, you know, you can go to the Federal Reserve website and they will tell you, oh, see, inflation is the increase in this price of goods and services over time. Nah, man, it's the devaluation of the currency I'm being paid for my labor and energy on this earth. And y'all are doing it on purpose. You're devaluing the currency. No, we're not. We're keeping pace with inflation of the prices of the goods and services. How do I buy the goods and services? Well, you buy them with the currency. So it costs more currency to get the same goods and services. That's called inflation. It's also called the devaluation of the currency in my pocket, fam. This is a game. When we understand this is a game, this this is a game that's played on us. It's played on you. This is a game that's played on the public. That's why, you know, most money managers, one of their biggest selling points is, you know, how um, traditionally their fund has beat the rate of inflation. Because people who know, know. If you're going to, if I'm going to keep my value, my, my energy, my, my wealth in cash and give it to you, you better at least make sure it maintains its value by beating inflation. So what does that mean? Which means you got to earn a return of at least 3%. In my opinion, because I would say that it's, it's above 2%, the inflation on the currency. I would say, you know, because they take out, uh, what do they take out? They take out food. In the consumer price index, they take out energy in the consumer price index, and I think they take out something else when they're when they're when they're adjusting for inflation. <laughs> it's a game. It's, man, this is a game. One hundred percent. So. Number one, when it comes to private finance, is you got to get your mind right. You got to get your mind right. You got to admit that you're weak. You got to admit that you're a trained consumer. You're a trained consumer. You don't even know why. Well, now you know why. You know how, at least. And why is, of course, for the benefit of everyone else. This is this this whole game is about getting you in your heirs to not work for yours in your private estate, but to come and work for my private estate for low wages because we have businesses. Don't start your own business. Come work for our business. We'll give you a, a salary. We'll give you a company car, blah, blah, blah. 
it's offensive, really, because how can they give you that and still make money? So you are you already know that they're making more money off you than you're making off of yourself. And the industry rule, because I went to business college, is three times. So whatever I pay you in salary, I need to make three times that. So if I pay you thirty thousand, you need to make ninety thousand a year for for my business. Otherwise, we're probably going to give you a bunch of weird reviews and then fire you and get someone else that can make three times what I'm paying you. That's that's what business is. There's a there's a there's a cost for corporate hiring, corporate turnover, and to maintain employees. So I would rather have your children and you work for my family business than have my children and me work for the family business. And with your labor, we can make great profit. Um, you're not my family, so I can pay you whatever and don't feel bad about it. And wonderful, I can go just chill on this island and eat crumpets and look down my nose at peasants such as you. That's the name of the game. And it's been going on for hundreds of years. Industries and sectors have been set up by wealthy families and the public school system created and constructed to, quote, educate the public basically on how to go work for a company or corporation in the public. Think about it. I don't care what degree you have, whatever. You're going to work. Nine times out of ten, when you get out of school, you're going to work for some company. Am I lying? If you're an actor, you're working for the for the you know the movie companies. If you're in broadcasting, you work for the broadcast companies. If you're a landscaper, you go work for a landscaping company. If you're an architect, you go work for an architect company. Or you know, if you're lucky, you'll start your own company and then work for that or work through that if you're smart. But it's a game. This whole thing's a game. You gotta know what real real money is. So really, you know foundation, the foundation, Private Finance 101, consists of getting your mind right, knowing that you're weak so you can do something about it, knowing that you're a trained consumer, a trained spender, you're trained, and you're trained to consume and spend on depreciating assets. That's what you're trained to do. Things that don't, you're not necessarily going to pass on, It's not even as valuable as what you paid for. Hey, look, we got 60 seconds left in the broadcast. I'm going to go over. You will want to call in if you're checking us out online. Call in number 563-999-3625. You got about 40 seconds in Peace, peace. Yeah, you know, we got to understand the policy of fiat currency that is being used. We got to understand what fiat currency is. We got to understand what real money is. We got to understand what we're really doing. We're exchanging our life force, our energy that is being redirected for some other purpose outside of our family for currency that is depreciating over time. It's steadily depreciating over time. 
and we're taught to save, save, save. Save, save, save. Save, save, save. The mental game, first and foremost. Anyone who like tries to teach you something and doesn't address them, you know, the mind somehow, they're doing you a disservice. So am I gonna do, you know, finance two oh one next week? I don't know. Maybe I'll wait a couple weeks or something and then we'll get back into this finance stuff. But look, I know maybe people was talking about oh he's gonna talk about instruments. Am I an instrument, private instruments? No, I'm not. I'm not. Y'all ain't ready for that. You ain't ready for that. It's like, you know, I mean, when I was younger, I wanted to drive. I wanted to drive. I wanted to drive. I wasn't ready for it, though. I've smashed up everything. I heard people and stuff. But understand, understanding, understanding what's going on. You're a trained consumer. You're in your, ooh, you're good. You're a good consumer. Ooh, you're a good consumer. Good job. But what are you going to do about it? And understand what's real money. You ain't never been paid in your life. Unless they, unless someone handed you gold and silver, you were never paid. The obligation to pay you was discharged to a later date when they handed you a note. Because a note is an offer. It's an offer of agreement. So when you accept the note, there you are. And this is, you know, constructive agreement. Statutory law. And the statutory law is cold, baby. People call it public. I call it the wacky whack. <laughs> Most I hate, man. I hate everybody equally in the public. I'm serious. That's one of my things. In the public, I hate everybody equally. I really do. Get away from me. Get off me. It's very, it's very. <sighs> but you know, hey, if you if if you're not converting at least ten to fifteen percent of every dollar that you earn into into gold or silver, you're really doing yourself a disservice because what you're essentially doing is you're you're saving for your retirement realistically. Regardless of what system exists, when it's time for you to, you know, sit back and chill, you know, for a little bit. I bet you I bet you I bet you gold and silver, that gold and silver is still going to be valuable. And uh, you know, it, it's something to think about. If you got a four oh one K or an IRA, you got a job Man, you look and see if you can self-direct. Call them, hit them up. Hey, who do I talk to to find out information about the 401k account, about the 401k, my 401k, my 401k? And they'll tell you, oh, you got to talk to so-and-so. Hit them up. Call so-and-so. And be like, yo, is there any portion of my 401k account that I can self-direct? Is there any portion of my 401k account that I can self-direct? If they say no, uh, I don't know what's what's one of them, them noises that they made in the game shows when they said the wrong answer. Uh, you know whatever. Mm-mm. If they say yes, next thing you gotta say, who do I get in contact and how much can I self-direct? Because what you're gonna do, which I highly recommend, is you're gonna self-direct the portion that you can, and you're gonna take that money. You're going to sell whatever you have, like whatever shares you're going to liquidate to get the money, and you're going to buy precious metals. You're going to buy American Eagle gold and silver coins. 
and it's going to be held with a third-party custodian. So you got to find a, a, what do you call it, a, a depository, you know, to hold it. But, you know, they have an account, and, and, you know, they charge a fee every year. But at least, you know, you're holding a portion of your retirement in real money. Because, you know, when currency depreciates, you know, it inversely affects gold and silver. So, you know, gold and silver appreciates. The value rate rises with gold as the value um, decreases with um, currency. Um, and then, you know, if you're able to do that, sit back and feel good. If you can't, if they're saying, hey, you can't self-direct your IRA, man, then do 20 to 25% of what you get paid convert it into gold and silver. And I'm saying, like, you you know, you lose if you if you convert stuff to gold and silver and, you know, a week later, a month later, two months later, you got to sell the gold and silver because you got to pay for something. Man, that's, that's bad budget. That's bad budget. Unless it's, like, an emergency or something like that, yo, you should be years. 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 So, you know, make sure the budget's right. But, yeah, I mean, that's one-on-one right there. And, um, get your hands on some real estate whenever you can, as soon as you can. Quit making excuses, all the blah blah blah. Man, go to a credit union or to a bank. I would suggest a credit union because they have better rates on mortgages. And you know, say, hey, I'm looking to qualify for a, a first time home buyer uh, loan. You know, can you guys help me out? You guys help people out with that, and and just sit back and listen and do what they say. And quit quit making excuses. Go get some property. You got a friend. You got a family member, you got a sister, you got a brother, you got an uncle. You know, nine times out of ten, you got someone that'll probably go in on you. You know what I'm saying? All right, we're going to go, we're going to get this duplex. And you and I, we're going to live in one unit, and we're going to rent out the other unit. I mean, you know, we're going to split the profits. You can get an FHA loan, which is first-time homebuyer, FHA, Federal Housing Authority, first-time homebuyer loan, for um, a single family, a duplex, a triplex, and a fourplex. Playing real estate, and then if you get an asset, which is something that puts money in your pocket, which is you get something that's not a single family home, something you know, duplexing up, you know, you, ba- you basically just bought a business. If you think about it, you bought you bought a business that makes money, it's just what happens if you real estate, gold and silver, and real estate that's what you should be doing. If you're doing anything else, if you're trying to you know, trade and you're trying to uh, get. Look, if you're doing anything else as far as investments and anything like that, uh, you're tripping. Unless you unless you you grab a gold and silver and you're you're looking to grab real estate. And the only thing that I would be like, okay, yeah, you can do that, and you probably should do that is life insurance. But that's for you know the next show. We'll talk about life insurance and you know how that's part of you know private finance. But I mean, you know, hey, you know. I think it's, you know, mostly just, you know, a lot of it has to do, you know, 99% is, is mentality. It's your mindset. Um, it's not about being rich. It's about, you know, being cool. It's about being able to do the things that you want to do when you want to do it, even though you, maybe you don't do it. You know, it's about having access to money, you know, having access to wealth, having access to credit, even though you don't use it. You got to develop discipline. You know, what good is a $25,000 credit card with a $25,000 credit card limit if it's maxed out in two weeks, three weeks? Because you're sitting there thinking about all the things you can buy because you, you're over here a trained consumer. You're over here a trained spender. 
So I can give you a million dollars, and if your mind's messed up, you're going to be in a worse economic situation in three years, four years, than you were before I threw you a million dollars. So, you know, unless you get your mind right, you're not going to get your money right. It doesn't matter all the books you learn about, you read about finance, unless you get your mind right and put proper action behind that. So, you know, if you, if you, if you're saving in real money, gold and silver, you ain't got no checking account. If you have real estate, you're looking to grab some real estate, that's a, that's a big thing on your mind. You know, you're, you're already on the right track. But you got you to gotta address that consumer mentality. You got to understand who Edward Bernays is. You got to understand his effect on consumerism and understand what a consumer-based economy is. You got to understand the difference between an asset and a liability. You got to understand the difference between purchasing a depreciating asset or an appreciating asset and start changing the ratio of depreciating assets versus appreciating assets. You know, hey, I want I want more appreciating assets than I have depreciating assets. And let that be a goal. And work towards that. And of course, you're going to need a computer. A lot of you, you know, people trade, people do, you know, Amazon stores and stuff like that. You need a computer. Those things depreciate. But, you know, if, if it's part of what is necessary to generate income, then whatever. Don't get weird. Just be aware. And that's part of it, you know. Um, and at the same time, finances and everything. Get out, man. Go enjoy your life. And, and especially enjoy it with the people that you care about and who care about you. Because, you know, ultimately that's what it's about as far as I'm concerned. But if you don't understand these, you know, private finance one-on-one principles, you download the show, something... Check this, check it out. You know, check this out as many times as you need to. And understand that I'm telling you the truth. I'm the seeker of truth, and I'm the speaker of truth. And what I'm telling you is what I know from experience. I'm not giving you legal advice or financial advice. You know, do your, do your own thing. You know, you can listen to me and lose everything. But I, you know, I don't know my opinion, and that's what it is. But you know, these are fundamentals. You know. As far as I'm concerned. And. In order to get better with your finances. You got to get better with your thoughts. On money. On value. You got you to gotta acknowledge that. Look this is. This right here I'm holding is a representation of my life and time. That I will never get back. For the rest of this known life. And show some respect. To yourself and show some respect to the life and the time that you dedicated to receive this stupid paper fiat depreciating whack ugly currency. And use it what it's for, use it properly. That's what I got. That's it. I'm gonna go to so I go to the phone line. I don't know. I'm gonna go to the phone lines. I go to the phone lines. I go to the phone lines. I just you know I hope y'all I hope y'all keep picking up what I'm putting down. It's you know it's, it's necessary. It's um multiple streams of income is the pathway to wealth. You never get rich by working a job. It's never it it has never happened. 
it will never happen. You know, you'll never make it. It's a pyramid. You know, working a job is a pyramid scheme. The owner and the CEOs and all of they make more than you. People on the top make more than the people on the bottom. Looks like a pyramid to me. I always encourage you to start your own business. Start your own family business. And, you know, create your own private family estate, too. You know? Be a steward of the income that is produced by that family business. It's, it's a start. In a family, of course, families have multiple businesses. And, you know, families have investments in ownership in multiple businesses. Multiple, multiple, multiple income, multiple streams of income is the pathway, pathway to wealth. The more income streams you got, boom. And then you want to get them automated. You want to, you know, you want to wake up and look, look at your phone and, you know, you got money in the account and stuff. But I can help, you know. If you want to start your business, add me in at welcometothefoundation.com. Set up set up a consultation. I'll, you know, hey, we'll sit there for an hour and I'll, you know, I'll put you step by step. Most people would be like, oh, I'll call you in a couple months. <laughs> I, I think I have enough here. <laughs> I think you've given me more than enough. Thanks for, thanks for your time. So, most of uh, most the way it goes, man. Hey. I got an email from someone, man. This kind of... <laughs> I mean, it was funny. I was just like, wow. My man was like... Okay, so it was for it was for somebody else in the, quote, conscious community that is not me. I don't know how he thought that I was this... I was this, but he's not on, he's not on high frequency. I don't, even, I don't even say this brother's name. Like, I don't deal with this brother at all. Like, this dude... I don't, I don't, honestly, I'm going to tell you the truth because I'm not saying his name. I don't even respect his work. I think his work is trash. I think he misleads a lot of people. Anyway, a man set up a consultation. He thought he thought I was the guy. I mean, you know, I'm not the guy. Here's your bread bag. So uh, my name is So L S O T E L S O T. That's um, Sam Oscar Terrence <laughs> L So L E L Edward Larry So. <laughs> and I'm the host of the foundation here on High Frequency Radio Network. That's just me. I'm not that guy. I'm not. The, I'm not your other guy. You know, y'all know who I'm talking about. The, the angry guy, the little angry man. He, he yelling and stuff. <laughs> he, he be yelling. He be getting mad. Yo, yo, he be getting mad. <laughs> yo, how am I supposed to learn when you're yelling at me? <laughs> why <are> you yelling? <laughs> why are you yelling at people? Hey, I feel like these people should chill out and enjoy life, man. Hey, that's just me though. I'm yeah, I'm so hell. I'm not the, I'm not the little guy yelling. I'm not the other guy just tripping. You know, I'm not Yusuf L. You know, definitely not Yusuf L. Even though a lot of people say I speak like him, I sound like him. But uh, is my guy though. You know, Yusuf's definitely my guy. I rock with Yusuf heavy, but all these other guys, nope. Definitely not. You know that guy. You know the weird guy. You know. I'm not that that angry guy. That, that, that guy that yells at you when, when he's teaching you stuff. <laughs> he be yelling at you. He be yelling at people. He be like, man, he, he mad. I don't know. I can't work with him. I gotta work with you. Like, man, I don't know. Life is good for me though. I'm gonna go to the phone lines. I'm tripping. 
Uh, 214-2375. You've been on hold for a minute. 214-2375. Peace. Which name are you calling from? So this day, I'm telling you, it's good. Uh, 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 what's up, man? What's going on? Uh, not too much. Really, really good show. Really good show. Especially bringing up, um, you know, the psychology behind the consumerism. Oh, yeah, we got to know that. We got to know it. You got to know yeah, your name, man. Just... Well, and that's what I was going to say, is if you could expound upon that and the pressure education system. Like that could that could be another thing that people could possibly learn a little bit from, like how you're being taught, what you're being taught. Yeah, I would just tell people, you know, I, yeah, and I would say that if you really want to know about the school system, you got to look into <clears throat> what's this guy's name, uh, John Dewey, who was a professor at Columbia Teachers College, who yeah. um, he set up the. PEA, which was uh, what's it called? The Something Education Association. Man, I can't remember what P stood for. I'm drawing a blank. Progressive. That's what it was. The Progressive Education Association. And it was heavily, heavily endowed by Rockefeller. You know. And um, they made it no... Uh, they made it no um, no secret that their mandate. They stated that uh, no, they said that the bulk of the population is biologically childlike and requires lifelong care. The Progressive Education Administration heavily endowed Rockefeller and had lots of ties with the you know the uh, the Board of Education. Yeah. But it's all just teaching you to go work a job. That's all it is. It's teaching you to go work a job, not not how to support yourself, not how to balance a checkbook, not how to you know make sure that you you know protect your purchasing power from you know from what you exchange your energy into. It's it's not telling you how to build business credit. You know you don't learn none of that stuff. Be in high school, junior high, elementary, all these damn years, and I don't even know how to get an EIN for a business. It's all built just to have you go work for someone, some elite's family's company or a company that the elite owns or has a like major shareholding power in or something like that. Yeah, it's amazing that you brought that up, though, because I was just having a conversation with one of my <clears throat> old friends from high school about the uh, SELA meetings, the Future Business Leaders of America. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I picked up more from you in the archives before I even started calling in than I did from that 12 plus kindergarten, 13 years plus from college. Um, specifically being being able to generate revenue or, you know, filling the, the rap thing, you know, JG says, check writer and others are royalty receivers. You know, I want to be on the other side of that track. Like somebody be happy that I signed my name to what they're getting paid. Not knowing, like you said, they're making me 300%. But sure, take this big-ass check. I'll take two-thirds, you take one-third. That'll be cool. Right. Good math for my family business. Yeah, you like that? Yeah. And just 
on the, you know, tap in, say, good show, it's good to be sometimes away from, you know, banging on the same thing or coming at it from a different angle, I guess I should say, because it's still the same thing. But it's really amazing after after people start figuring out that, you know, they've been somewhat intentionally misled, you know, once you start getting to the upper levels of the pyramid that you mentioned earlier, like, those people know that they're not doing right by the masses. And yeah. a lot of people just want to keep their head down and, ooh, look at me. I came up in life. I got a job working for the government. Yeah, all right. Well, that's cool. Be better if you're working for yourself, your community, your family, you know? But, um, yeah, just wanted to tap in with you. And then I also want to link up with you on the private side for uh, something I heard about on Sunday. I'd like to get into some, uh, some more training. That's cool. Okay, yeah, call me tomorrow. All right, we'll do it. So appreciate what you do, fam. Like doing it big and pancaking these toes, like you used to say. And just know there's a whole flock of us out here that that support you and appreciate what you do. Yeah, I appreciate y'all. You know, all thanks. You know, honors due to the creator and the ancestors. You know. I'm a speck of dust, man, but I appreciate you, man. Uh-huh. Thank you. And, and the hollow reef. Because without them, we get no music, right? Yeah. Yep. It's through me, not because of me. But no, I appreciate okay. you, man. Holding down. Been sitting down for a while out there in Tejas. Yep. Yep, yep. Long star repping. Deep in the heart of this. Well, I <laughs> Have a good one. I appreciate you. Peace you and yours. All right, man. Yeah. Enjoy yourself, man. Have a good evening. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you we'll tomorrow. Peace. All right. We'll do it. All right. I'll do one more caller. And I'm out of here. I'm out like the Boeing 737 Max. Too early. Too soon. Too soon. Uh, 915-0068. Peace. What's your name? Where you calling from? This your man. Demetrius from the 9. What it do, so? How you doing? Hey, fam. What's going on? How you doing? Man, I'm feeling good. Looking great, man. Like my boy Melo would say, this another brick in the foundation. What do you think? Yeah, man, it's been a while. I ain't heard from nothing else. I hope you good. I hope I'm good. Hey, I trust you. Like you I say, every you. time. Yeah, every time he hit the line, man, he fresh out of work. You know what I'm saying? Grinding like me. I've been gone for a minute. You know what I'm saying? Because after you learn so much, you get busy. You know? Sticking with yeah. the show and all. And going to some training. I need to get with you tomorrow, too. I'm going I'm to make a call. I know we've been playing phone tag. I got to call you tomorrow. Yeah, I'm pretty open tomorrow. Give me a call. Make sure you. I do that. But, man, I just had a quick question for you. Go ahead. Because, you know, um, I got my kids, you know, they're they, they still going to school or whatnot, virtual right now, with everything going on the way it is. But the information that you was dropping today is well needed, even though, you know, 
I was well aware, but reiteration is always healthy just to get, you know, the gears turning. And I was thinking, when it comes down to the children, my children, you know, I mean, what's your suggestions on what to teach them and how to teach them? I know you don't want to, I mean, I don't want to keep them in public school, but then throwing them in private might not always be the answer. And then, I don't know, keeping them home, I don't want them to have, you know, be like a social misfit. So it's like I'm cornered. Any suggestions would be, you know, greatly appreciated. I mean, I, you know, even if your children are going to public schools, it's always, you know, you always got to educate them privately, you know, with regards to finance, with regards to commerce, with regards to civics, um, with regards to law, etymology, you know, sociology, so on and so forth. These things that they're not getting in school, definitely, you know, we should be teaching them at home. Yeah, and then you know, show them, you know, show them, show them the difference. Like, yo, this is this is what we doing. This is what they doing, and this is what happened to us. This is what happened to them. And, you know, they'll make this my daughter, Yeah, and and I and I see that part, especially when they get older. But it's like, I don't know. I guess it's painful to watch my eight year old. You know what I'm saying? But I don't want to, you know, throw them off too much. But I do show them about people they might not teach about in school. So. I just keep going that route, showing them his history and let them know what's going on. And as we go through school, I make sure them grades stay up. Because I don't want them to be too shy and then branch off into a rabbit hole or something. You know? Yeah, I mean, I always tell people, you know, going to school, at the very least, you know, it's basic education, of course, but, you know, it teaches people how to deal with people in the public is really what it does. But I remember one time you were saying, you know, college is all all that good schooling and showing you how you learn. So, you know, once somebody yeah. understands how they learn, you know, ain't no limit. Literally. Yeah, but then, you know, see, if you got, uh, so like, let's say your parents, let's say your parents went to college and stuff, that's all they know. And they didn't teach you nothing different. And then, um, then, then now you going to start a business and stuff or you know when do you stop learning because when you're in a college it's like okay you're graduated now go get a job here's your degree but privately yeah, it's like yeah, when yeah. when do you stop learning and actually be like alright now I can start making moves and that's where I see a yeah, lot of people always. And that's where I see a lot of people in the private having issues just like you know I wasn't taught you know how to do this on my own and I wasn't taught when to start and when to not and when to, you know when I was ready and when you know and it's stuff like so it's like um, at least being able to show that or part of that, you know, I think is really yeah. important for our heirs, for the next generation. It's like, you know, even in school, when you're studying a lesson, they had labs that had, you know, you had to do a problem, you had to show the work, you had to get in there and do some stuff. You couldn't just read it and, and be like, oh, that's cool. And then just go out to recess and eat some chicken nuggets and stuff. You had to actually do yeah. work. And I think that's the same thing with, you know, the private and, you know, starting businesses and, you know, it's one thing to know the thing, it's another thing to do it. And there has to be some sort of, whether it's a, a ceremony or some sort of ritual to where it's like, okay, boom, you have enough to go start your business now, go do this, go do that, you know, go blah. And I think, um, I think that would be important. I think that's important. If you're going to be like, okay, well, this is what public school, because if you, 
if you show your children what public school is, they ain't gonna want it. They gonna be like, uh, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my children was exactly. like, uh, I, don't, you know, I, don't know, I don't know, Dad. What, yeah, my daddy said, you know, I'm straight now. I don't want to hear that, dude. I'm, I'm going, I'm going Man, I, to school for. Why don't you just teach me that? <laughs> why don't you just teach me that? Why don't you just yeah, teach me that? That's uh, a whole curriculum I gotta come up with. <laughs> it's cool though. It's easy. It's, I mean, it's not easy, but it's, it's doable. It's definitely doable. It's doable. Yeah, I yeah. like that. In my mindset. More reason to give you a call tomorrow in the private, my brother. You know, yeah, hit me up, man. Hope yeah, everybody got something from me. My man, go ahead. No, no, I was just saying, I hope everybody that's tuning in got something from me. We dropping jewels. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel the same way, man, you know. That's why I do the show, man. Trying to, you know. Pancake toes hit people in the mouth with juice boxes. I got the juice. I'm throwing, yeah. I'm throwing juice boxes. Yeah. Like, oh, Everybody you, like juice, you know what I mean? You hit me in the mouth, like, man, that's great. You better drink that. That's great juice, man. Man, yeah. Fat. Big fat. But, hey, man, you, you stay blessed. I appreciate the radio show. Mm-hmm. Everybody be blessed. You know what I'm saying? Peace of the gods, so. folks. Family, appreciate you calling in, man. Peace to the guys. Talk to you tomorrow. All right, y'all. Well, you know, I said I would take another call, and I did. I followed through on my word. You know what I'm saying. No, I appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all checking out the show. I trust that you learned something. You know, um, consistency and dedication is, is one of the two most important and luxurious keys that are needed for success. 100%. You know, you know, we have a tendency to, you know, get all fired up about something and then, you know, after a week or so, we fall off. You know, and then, you know, our conscious minds excuse our lazy behavior or lack of, you know, conviction. Uh, we gotta, gotta kind of get away from that, you know. Especially when we're dealing in the private. Um, private information, private investigation, private study, private trustee training, whatever. A lifelong pursuit of learning should be your goal and your display. And what I mean by that is, you know, you know, when, when it comes to parenting, when it, it, or when it comes to you know just being friends or or being a real man or woman, you know, it's, it's to do as I say, not what I do type of dance. Type of dance. When really it's a, it should be a do what I do because I do what I say type of dance. So, you know, um, you got to do better so that you can show better, and so. Better can be seen, so then better can be expected, and it's just like an everyday thing. It's like, oh, nothing, nothing. yeah, that's just what we do. And uh, you know, when I'm able to achieve those types of things, you know, especially with my children, like, oh yeah, that's just that's just what we do. 
it's a very proud moment for me. Because just a generation ago, that was not what we did. It's not not at all. (laughs) But I'm I'm glad you see it that way. And, you know, it makes you feel good that, you know, the hard work that I have put in has, you know, paid off. And, you know, I I just want to pass it on to y'all. And I can't work for you. I can't grind for you. I can't get up and, and, and hustle for you or read for you or study for you. But I can, you know, I can try to help you. I can do my best to educate you. And hopefully I can maybe sometimes inspire you to do your dance, you know? Because we're all capable. You know, we all have the capabilities. But, you know, do we have the conviction? Do we have the consistency? Do we have the dedication? Do we have the faith? In ourselves, the self-esteem required. You know, you know, do you believe in yourself? You think you can do it? Do you know you can do it? And a lot of us, we 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 want to get money, we want to get rich, we want to get wealthy, and you know, we don't realize that in order to do that, we have to fight some internal demons, emotional demons, psychological demons. We got to look at ourselves in the mirror, and a lot of times we don't like what we see. And, you know, we got to be willing to continue to look so that we can take stock of what it is so we can change it. Because you can't do nothing if you don't know what you're doing. And you can't throw anything in the air if you don't have it in your hands. And I can sit here speaking metaphors all night, and I don't try to, I'm not trying to bore you. But what I'm trying to say is um, you can do it. I believe in you. Um, and if that means anything... All I ask in return is that you believe in yourself. And know that if you want something bad enough, you can get it. And, you know, be careful what you focus your mind on because if, if, you if you're accountable for your thoughts you and you're not too happy with your life, if you take stock and, like, you know, write down your thoughts, you might realize that you think a lot of negative thoughts, man. Maybe you should chill on that. Choose to think positively, which is hard when you try to do it. You be like, man, I didn't think it would be so hard to just think positive. It is. Try to go two hours without thinking a negative thought. <laughs> See how difficult that is. But try and you, know, you get better, we get better, we get better. And life changes. And when life changes, situations change. But that's it. I trust y'all learned something. Private Finance 101. Welcome to the foundation.com. Hit me up. You know, consultation, trustee training, uh, passport, no social, part one, part two. The Foundation Trust Primer. Over 18 documents handpicked by me, just in case you're starting out and you're like, oh, so, uh, so, uh, where do I start? Start with the primer. As well as, you know, Foundation Trust Series, Part 1, Part 2, Part 3. And what is that? It's basically, when I used to do presentations before COVID. You go to, like, you know, California and Texas and Atlanta and New Jersey and Chicago and stuff. And just, you know, do a dance. <laughs> Tell people about, you know, whatever. And it was more, more personal stuff. I had a presentation and stuff. I pretty much just put it on a DVD. Uh, it's edited a little bit, you know. So it packs more of a punch, I guess. But I put it on DVD. And uh, you can grab that. Even though, you know, there's over 80 different types of trust. And, you know, the specific one we deal with is very specific. And, you know, any wrong move can cost you. Cost your estate. So 
you know, it's just the trust series gets you used to what we're doing and how we do it and what's specific and so on and so forth. You know, I recommend it. But, you know, above all, I recommend you get into trustee training, setting up your private estate, and, you know, from then forward, from there forward, paying, paying yourself properly in precious metals, doing your best to get your hands on some real estate as fast as possible, getting your hands on some life insurance, and then, you know, maybe talk about a private family foundation, 501c3, but, you know, as you establish your private estate, you're going to move into a different tax bracket, you're going to mitigate taxes, your life is going to change. It's up to you if it changes, and it's up to you when. So email me, admin at welcometothefoundation.com. I trust that you enjoyed the show. I also trust that you learned something. I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. I definitely appreciate y'all who have been down for so long. You know, a lot of people been down for, you know, literally since day one. So shout out to, you know, the day oneers. And, uh, you know, holler at me. Admin at welcometothefoundation.com. Let me help you out. You know, it, w- it would be an honor to assist you in your private estate. But with that being said, y'all have a great week. Enjoy yourself. Make sure you take care of yourself. Make sure you say 10 things that you're thankful for before you go to sleep tonight and every night. And I'll catch you on the other side. <laughs> right here on highfrequencyradionetwork.com. Appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Peace to the gods. Doing this thing all the way live. High Frequency Radio. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.